anyone's time, so let's get into it. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. I love how Abraham was always so willing to trust God and follow the Lord. Because I'll be honest, had God started out my morning, talking about sacrifice your son, like, God, you, you're starting off wrong, God. Then I would have repented because, Lord, forgive me. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, a lot of foreshadowing of Jesus in this text. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in, a dis in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. This is also foreshadowing of Jesus and how they placed the cross on his back. And he walked down the Via Della Rosa to Skull Hill to be crucified. So Isaac, in a sense, is a typology of Jesus, Abraham being a typology of God the Father, sacrificing his only son. It says this here, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. All right. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, we have the fire in the wood, but where, where's the sheep for the burnt offering? And this is where I think Abraham got into the no zone. I, th I think, and I'll preach this one certain point in the future. I think you go from the unbelieving zone to the faith zone to the no zone to the God zone in your belief system. Because there are levels of belief. And Isaac is 13 years old. This means that Abraham has been walking with the Lord for 38 years. And I think if you're really walking with God, Paul says from faith to faith, from glory, this is fun, to glory. And I think Abraham is in this no zone. And he's going to say it here. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. So I don't know if he knows. I like to believe that he knows. Or he's trying to kind of buffer it. Right, because it's a hurtful situation. Son, you are the sacrifice. <laughs> and I'm about to sacrifice you. So you ever talk to somebody, but you hope that God was listening? Like you had an issue, and you're like, I'm talking to you, but it's really a beta prayer. And that's, you know, we can debate. Is this a beta prayer, or is this he's in the no zone? And um, so he said, the Lord will provide. And they both walked together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar, arranged the wood on it. Then he told his son Isaac, 
uh, sorry, then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. It's essential that whenever you see the angel of the Lord, majority of the time, that's Christ. The angel, not an angel, not one angel, not two angels, but the angel of the Lord. Abraham, Abraham. Yes, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Someone say God's own. Because God is the only person who has ever sacrificed his son for the sins of the world. So I believe Abraham is at the pinnacle of his faith. He's reached the top. And God says, because you have not withheld your most prized possession, I now know that you fear me. Now I'm, a, I'm really about to bless your life because I now know that you fear me. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram, here it is, caught in its horns in a thicket, the no zone, the Lord will provide. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son, Abraham named the place Yahweh-Yairah, Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb, don't we? On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because, someone say because. So this is why, because you have obeyed me. So essential. And have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly, someone say certainly, bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me all because the father of faith should really be called the father of action application and obedience let's pray for our brothers uh, and sisters in Israel um, through David the Lord says pray for the peace of Jerusalem they just underwent a surprise uh, attack from Hamas, and I just want to pray the peace over our Jewish brothers and sisters and honor the word of the Lord as he has commanded us to pray for Jerusalem. So let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now for your original people, yes, Lord. your original chosen people. God, we thank you that the Jewish people are the vessels by which the Savior of our souls came into this world. And so we thank you for Abraham and his physical descendants. God, we pray for protection over them. Yes. We pray for peace in that land. God, we even pray for the Iranian people and Hamas. God, we pray for unity and peace and wisdom. And most importantly, during this time of great tension and uh, despair, God, we pray that your presence would be tangible. Yes, 
and that you will continue to do a work in the Middle East. We stand in intercession as the church of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You know, a couple years we'll plan a trip to Israel, so we would love for you guys to join us. We're actually planning that out right now, and maybe in a couple years we'll release an announcement, and we'll go together and you know, I'll teach on the different, the Via Della Rosa, and we'll go to where we think the body of Christ is, where they bury Abraham. We'll, we'll, we'll do that together. Sounds like a good deal? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to give you some time to get your money right, because it's, <laughs> it's not a cheap trip. So more, more to come on that. And uh, all right, well, let's work. Let's work. Um, after 25 years of trusting God, Abraham and Sarah gave birth to Isaac. God kept his promise to bless and protect them. This promise is rooted in Genesis chapter 12. And um, this is so important to realize if you're taking notes that Isaac is the means by which Abraham will have many descendants. So it's through Isaac that Abraham's descendants will, will multiply. And it's not in the text, but you must catch this as we've read this story. And this won't come up on the screen either, but this is a profound revelation the Lord gave me this week. Isaac represents the seed of an abundant future. Isaac is a representation of the seed of an abundant future. Now, we also know that your offspring is considered your seed. So he's Abraham's physical seed, but he is also spiritually a sign or a symbol of Abraham's abundant future, most of which Abraham himself won't be able to experience. He's looking by faith and he sees it. And I believe that as a result of his faith, he's willing to obey God and sacrifice Isaac. Okay. And so God wanted me to ask us this question this week as we get into this message. Um, do I see my current blessing as seed? Do I see my current blessing as seed? To see it as anything else than seed, here it is, would undermine your potential for an abundant future. Because a lot of people, they receive a blessing and they feel like they've made it to the finish line in life, right? I got the job, I'm in the career, I have the car, I have the kids. That's the finish line. And to see it as anything less than a seed is blocking future abundance. Your blessing isn't just a blessing, but within your blessing is the potential for future abundance. And this is how you stay, thank you, I need somebody. This is how you stay in a growth mentality is, yeah, we've made it here, and we need to celebrate that. I have this. I own this. God bless me with this. But it doesn't just stop here. And if I'm not careful, my current blessing can be blockage to future abundance. So there's a way I must steward the current blessing in order for God to say, now I will certainly multiply and bless your life. So do I see my current blessing as seed. I'm talking to myself right now. To me, this room is 
a promise from seven years ago, but it is simultaneously seed. So let me just make it simple because I'm working on timing today. The worship team is coming up very soon. Your current blessing, I'll make it simple. Let me just speak, stop speaking in analogies and all that. Your current blessing is the seed for future abundance. So what is my current blessing, Pastor? Well, your strength, that's a blessing. Your workplace, um, school, if you're in school, your spouse, your children, everything that you possess and own is seed. And what God wants to do is he wants to bring you into a more abundant place. When Jesus came, he said, um, I've come to give you a life and a life more abundant. So I didn't just come to forgive your sin or so that when you die, you go to heaven. No, I came for you to have an abundant life here on this earth, right? I didn't come for you to just play church, but I came to, to bless you beyond your wildest imagination, and so the word abundant simply means fullness or copious. I love that word. Copious supply. Just sounds smart. Someone say copious. copious. All right. Just got you an honorary PhD just by saying copious. Copious supply. Great amount. Right. Abundant joy. Uh, abundant peace. Uh, abundant. And so what I want to do is I want to go through the thread of these 18 verses that we just read. I have three points for today as we talk about the seed of abundance. That's today's title. The seed of fullness and greater and more. Someone say fullness. Greater. More. It's a lot of faith in the room. All right. Number one, God called. God called. Every single person here and online has the hand of God on your life. But if you're not careful, today's blessing can block future blessing. So what God will do, watch this, is he will call you to sacrifice your seed. He'll call you to sacrifice current blessing. He'll call you to operate a certain way with the thing that he's currently blessed you with. Because he knows, this is so important, God knows what he's going to do through you in the future based upon what you do with your current blessing. So it says this here, sometime later, God tested. Someone say tested. I need you to pick this up. God is always testing us. He is always, God is always in test mode. I don't, I don't, I don't par say no when I won't give you a frequency, but I would say at least three or four times a year, God is testing you to see if he can multiply you and grow you beyond your current level of blessing. So sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. God called. Yes. He replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son whom you love so much and go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. So God called. Going to write this down. God's calling 
is the invitation to future abundance. Whenever God calls you to do something, to obey something, it can be as simple as washing the dishes, taking out the trash, quitting your job, asking for forgiveness, confessing your sins, moving to a new city. It can be small. It can be great. When I need you to hear me here. Whenever God calls you to do something, it is an invitation to future abundance. Because in that same area that he's already previously blessed you, that is the same door and avenue that he's going to bless you with more. Ask Isaac. Give me your son, your only son. Why would I give you my only son when he is the one by which the descendants are going to come through? Why would I do that? Because how I sow into Isaac and how I sacrifice Isaac will depend on my future abundance. Number two, Abraham obeyed. Abraham obeyed. He followed the word of the Lord. Someone say obey. obey. He followed the word. That means to follow. He followed the word of the Lord. This is what I've come to find out. Is that many of us don't sow because we don't know the Lord. Many of us don't sow because we don't know the character of God. So we, we hold on tight to our current blessing and we squeeze it. And anything that you squeeze will either burst or become smaller. We squeeze on to that seed. We squeeze on to that, that thing that God is calling us to sow into or to sacrifice, right? And the reason we don't sow it or sacrifice it is because we really don't know God. And at this point in his life, Abraham's been traveling with the Lord for 38 years. And this is why I think he's in the no zone. He's like, I, I, he said, the last time God called me from Ur to move to Canaan, he was faithful. The last time God told me I would have a son, I had a son. The last time I went into battle, God protected me and he gave me victory. Abraham's like, I, I know, I know. I know that when God seems like he's up to no good and he's calling me to do something crazy, it's because there's something on the other side of that that I've never imagined that he's going to do in my life. So as a result, the Bible says the next morning, early in the morning, he didn't lay in his bed like, oh, man, dang it, I got to sacrifice my son. He didn't toss and turn. The Bible didn't say he lost sleep, right? The Bible didn't say he laid there until one o'clock. All right, guys, come on. We got to go. He wasn't reluctant. I'm sure there was some emotion in it. I'm sure he felt it. I'm sure he was sad, but he didn't let that emotion be his God. He instead obeyed God. Though it hurt, he obeyed the Lord because at that point he knew that the Lord was good for it. Come on now, how many people know? And many of us don't sow because we don't know. But I need you to think about the time he healed you, 
the time he provided, the time he protected you, the time he redeemed you, when he washed away all your sins as white as snow. If he was good for it in the past, he's good for it in the future. Come on, can we just celebrate the Lord? He's good for it. I, ooh, he's good. There's a season in my life uh, about 12 years ago when uh, Pastor Kyra and I started to get very serious. Um, I was cultivating a, a love and an affection for her. And I, I really liked her son um, at the point at this point. She, Jay was about a year and a half old, going on two years old. And um, as we were getting serious, uh, the Lord was started to deal with me about Jaziel because it wasn't Kyra as much as it was the fact that um, she had a son that wasn't biologically mine. And so I reached the point to where it was either we move forward or I detach. And so I asked the Lord, I, I tell my kids this all the time, like the school you go to and the sports that you play and where you end up in life, as long as you're under our house, it's because God put you there. So right now, Judah doesn't play travel ball. He plays rec ball, and he keeps asking, when am I going to play travel? Who am I going to play for? And I always tell him, the Lord knows the team that you're going to be on when that time comes. So I asked the Lord, I said, well, God, I love this girl. Uh, I care about this little boy. But my current seed, my current comfort, right now, my current blessing right now is that I'm free. And though we're dating in the eyes of God, I'm still single. So I can latch on to this blessing of freedom, not embrace a holy responsibility of raising a child that is not biologically mine, or I can ask God, what does he think I should do? And I can get me out of the way because that's part of the problem. We get in, in the way of our own future abundance. I can get me out of the way and ask the Lord. And here he goes. I have called you to be a father to this boy. And now I have a decision to make. Do I obey or do I disobey? And so I chose to obey the Lord and as a result, I've ended up with future abundance, future abundance. So this, this is, come on now, that was, but in a season in the past where I was tempted to disobey, instead I obeyed and now you gain a son and God blesses you with this beautiful family. So what is that? What is that thing you're holding on to? Because my singleness was a blessing. But he was saying it's time to give it up. My time was a blessing. It's time to give it up. And then there came another season a few years after this, maybe even a few months or so, where God was saying, I've called you to move to Maryland. Now, what was so interesting about this season is the seed in this season was Florida, warm weather, Mickey Mouse, family, and the church that we were being trained under, um, they wanted to start a second location in greater Orlando. And so um, when I went to work this per last particular night that we were attending this church, I told my wife, I said, look, you tell that pastor when he sees you that God has called us to move to Maryland because he told me, he said, if you guys stay 
I'm going to use, we're going to, we're going to pretty much use your core team to start that second location. And he was essentially saying that as soon as you guys do, you're going to end up on paid staff salary. And so let me know this weekend. I couldn't attend church that Sunday. I was, had finished an overnight shift. My wife, as she was leaving church, he asked her, he asked her, so what's y'all's decision? She said, we're moving to Maryland, right? The blessing in that season was predictability and comfort and Florida and my grand, you know, my parents. And it was, but the Lord called us, someone say called, called, to move to Maryland. So henceforth, we packed up our Penske truck. And in that season, we obeyed the Lord. And on the back of that Penske is uh, Chris's uh, Beamer. But we packed that truck. <laughs> and in May of 2015, yeah. we were, 2016, we were on the road. What then seemed like the impossible, God, what are you doing? Like, my family, like, I'm taking my grandkids away from grandma and granddad. Like, what, what is, you know, we're moving to this weird place. We don't know anyone. What's going on? What was then crazy is now abundance. What is now crazy will be future abundance. So it's all about obeying the Lord. Someone say obedience. Obedience Obedience is so very vital when it comes to this walk with God. And what I've come to find out is that my trust led to my obedience. Because when you don't trust something, you won't obey it. Trust leads to obedience. It says this here, it was by faith, uh, Hebrews 11, that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice. When God was testing him, Abraham had received God's promises. Um, Abraham, sorry, who had received God's promises was, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Here it is. Even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Here it is. This is important. Something, something you got to pick up on with God. God is not a man that he can lie. So years ago, God had already told Abraham, Isaac is the son by which you're going to have many descendants. Watch this. So here comes God. I'm calling you to sacrifice Isaac. Um, God, you're a little bipolar here. Like, what's... (laughs) Years ago, you said that Isaac was the means by which a future abundance... So I'm a think because I'm a faithful man, but I'm also very logical. There's no way in the world you're going to let me kill Isaac. So this must be a test. Because because you can't lie. So I love how Abraham is just obeying the Lord. He he's going to he's going to go through with it anyway. We just read the story. He he lifted that hand to do it. But Hebrews gives us revelation into how he was perceiving the situation. It says this here. Abraham reasoned. Someone say reason that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. So the devil's like, I can't do anything with this guy. I can't do nothing with him. He just believes God almost to this fool is ready to kill his kid for God. And the Bible says that even if he had killed him, Abraham had the faith to believe that God would have raised him from the dead anyway. Do you have that kind of faith that even if you sacrifice that blessing, that God will still bless you? Mm. 
You got to have that. He reasoned. See, see, faith isn't just some kind of, well, you know, I just, I hope God that if I do this, you'll raise him back. No, the Bible says he thought about the 38 years of history. This relationship that he had with God, who is a person who has been so faithful that even if I did this, because you love me and I love you and I trust you and all power is in your hands because of our relationship, you got me, I got you, that if I do this, you're going to raise my kid. And that's why you got to walk with God because God will call you to do a lot of weird stuff, but it's never to hurt you and it's never to harm you. It's always to prosper you. It's always to move your life forward. It's always to bless you. God will never, ever, ever hurt you. Abraham obeyed. Mm. Wow. It's not the most exciting message, but it, it gets the job done. Obedience gets the job done. Not everyone's obeying, but it gets the job done. It's the obedient ones who are going to be blessed in the long run. I mean, I'm, I, honestly, I'm, I'm walking through it right now with, with a lot of different situations in my life. I'm seeing how past disobedience has led to current curses. Just sowing disobedience, just sowing a lack of faith, just sowing. And now as a result, it is current bondage. Then I'm seeing where those who seem to be bound in the past, who seem to have nothing in the past, as they obeyed, as they obeyed, as they trusted, current abundance. And y'all, are y'all, I'm gonna go right here. Current uh, but I no, I want to follow God. I ain't doing that God thing. Okay. Okay. Don't forget that God's calling is the invitation to future abundance. So he can be calling you to repent of sin. It's an invitation. Because he's saying that there's life beyond the sin. There's, there's a new life beyond this addiction. There's a new life beyond the lie that you're living. Whenever God calls you to repent, it's always an invitation to something better. Some of you are on that, on that fence of unbelief with Christ. You're like, uh, 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 this is what I used to say. I was raised in the church, but I used to say this, Lord, I promise you, I promise God when I'm for, I, Lord, I got you. You ever made a deal with God? God, I got you. I promise as if God needs us. God, I got you. I used to say this out of my mouth. This was right before I went to FAMU. I was 18 years old this summer because I, I, I had a feeling God was going to do something in college. I don't know what it was, but I used to tell the Lord, I promise, Lord, just let me have some fun. Let me chill. Let me, let me, I don't know if it was Netflix back then, but let me chill. Let me do something, something and chill. And I used to say, Lord, I promise you, when I'm in my 40s, I'll serve you. And I'd imagine now God used to just say, you're an idiot. <laughs> 40? You're going to waste 20 years of your life running from me? He said, get, get, get Navy SEAL Team 6 down here on this boy right now. Because I got, I got a calling on this life. And that's the thing. We always, we reject his call. 
I ain't going to forgive. I'm, I'm going to come to work, but if somebody say something to me, I'm going it's to. Like, it's like half obedience. Like, I'm at work, but I'm nasty. No, it, it's full obedience. The next morning, he got up. Because number three, we see in the text, abundance guaranteed. Abundance guaranteed. Here it is. I want you to write this thought down. The blessing is the seed. Here it is. And obedience is the fertilizer. The blessing is the seed. And obedience is the fertilizer. So what is the seed? What is the blessing? My children. They are blessing. There's a word from God that I must obey concerning my children. And if I would obey, I'm fertilizing the seed for the future abundance through them. Right? Because I want to do life with my grandkids. I want them to come over for Christmas. I want them to come over for Thanksgiving. I, I want to be in relationship with, with my daughter-in-laws. I want to know them. So there's a word from the Lord that I must obey concerning my kids so that I would see future abundance through their life tomorrow. There's a, I must obey it. I have a spouse. She is blessing. She is favor from God, the Bible says. There's a word from the Lord concerning my spouse. As I obey, I fertilize our marriage. I water my own grass. And there's future abundance in that. So the blessing is the seed. My obedience is the fertilizer. And supernaturally, here it is, God brings the increase. Abundance guaranteed. It says this, then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Here it is. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore, sand and stars. It took us eight weeks to get there, Lord. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Here it is, guys. Watch this. All because you have obeyed me. Once again, not the most flashier, not the most sexy message, but here it is. I want you to obey your way into abundance. That's good. Obey your way into abundance. Stop running from God. Trust him. Obey his voice. Walk it out and watch the Lord bless your life. I want to read one more, one more. Can I read one more verse? All right, here it is, here it is. Deuteronomy 28, 400 years later, God addressing the seed of Abraham, the Israelites, Oh, my God, this is so good, so good, so good. Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. We got it up. Here it is. I'm going to read it. There it is. He says this. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Oh, my God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and bread boards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. 
The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. Here it is. The Lord will guarantee. Someone say guarantee. guarantee. Yes, yes, yes. A blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. He's talking about your money. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Can we put our hands together if you agree? Obedience.